You're listening to the Amazing Women Podcast, where we enjoy meaningful conversations with extraordinary women. These highly successful entrepreneurs will share their stories of remarkable success and occasionally some spectacular failures. Come join your host, entrepreneur and best-selling author Rob Kopman, as he shares this hour with you and these fascinating women. Today's guest is Valerie Clark. Valerie is not only a real estate agent, but also a financial advisor, as well as a recruiter for CalChoice Financial. She's very successful in just about everything she does, and she does it with honor and integrity. I happen to know that because I've known Valerie for about two years, and not only is she one of the higher producers at CalChoice Financial, but she's also one of the most revered and honored for her integrity and her pleasant personality. Hi, Valerie. To start off, why don't you tell us about how you got started in the real estate business? I understand you had a a very dynamic broker who helped train you that uh, set you off on this path. I had an amazing broker um, who, um, Kathy Sherwood is her name, and uh, she sat me down right after I joined, and she said, I just want to tell you, honestly, this is one of the hardest things you're ever going to do. I'd come out of working for AT&T in engineering. I was an assistant engineer for a while, and just uh, the 9-to-5 thing wasn't for me, and I, I just really wanted something more. And she said, you're going to be eating pork and beans the first year. I just want you to know that. Just don't let yourself get discouraged and blah, blah, blah. And this is back in the day when we didn't have an MLS system. We had um, books. So I made these black and white printouts of um, the listings that we had, some of the listings that we had, and went to those neighborhoods and went knocking on the doors and said, uh, your na- we have listed your neighbor's home up the street here, and I wondered if you'd like to know the value of your home. And it broke barriers for me, and I made some great relationships, and that's how my business started. And uh, by the year two, I was doing mostly referrals. Um, I was training the new agents coming in the door, and I got rookie in my office for the first year. So I was not afraid to roll up my sleeves and work hard, and that's always been the way my my parents taught all four of us kids. I'm the oldest of four. So that's my real estate history. Um, I, you know, kept going. I made those clubs and all those fun things um, that people, you know, strive for. Um, but for me, it was just really all about the fun of helping people. That's always been my nature, being the oldest of four. And so I, you know, continued that and then went through the, um, what everyone experienced um, with our 2008, 2007 really, to nine, and um, kept it going, but uh, decided to go back and get my ma- my uh, master's degree in education. My undergrad work was English and communications, and so I'm very um, focused on how we treat people, how we talk to people. It's really important. Um, and making sure that people know that you're really caring about their their personal situation is part of who I am, how I operate, how I work. Um, so, so is it fair to it. say that uh, your success was due in part to your fearlessness and in part to the fact that you really honestly do care about people's well-being and how you can help them? I I definitely would agree with that. I would say yes. Um and I, I will tell you this, that this kind of a business, whether it's real estate or financial services, is a people business. And if you're not one who really enjoys people, it's really not a, a great business um, for, for you because it, it really is all about the relationships. It's all about um, 
putting others first. You know, I kind of equate it to my Christian principles. It's just doing the right thing and putting other people's needs ahead of mine. And that has always come back to me so many times over with blessings. And so I, I teach that. I've taught my children that. Um, cute little story on the side. My kids were little, three and five. And one day they were downstairs in the play area and they were putting toys into this big bin. And I go, what are you doing? And Jackie said, oh, mommy, Christmas is coming up in a couple months. And, you know, we don't need these toys. We could give these toys away because I think Santa will bring us something else. And I'm, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I did something right here. My kids want to share their wealth with others. And they understood that, you know, it was time to pass something on for someone else to have some joy with it. And that really made me happy. Yeah, that's a great story. I love that. Uh, something you said to me before piqued my interest. Um, this is more curiosity than anything. You said you had some kind of a job with was at AT&T or doing engineering, but you don't uh, have an engineering yes. background. So what were nope, you doing nope. for them? You I, got into, <laughs> I got into AT&T post-divestiture. For people like you and me that are old enough to know what that is, when the monopoly AT&T was broken apart, into their long-distance carrier service and local exchange companies, the the Bell South, the mom-and-pop Bell companies. Um, we were a part of the core group that had to go back in and renegotiate contracts to connect those local exchange companies with the long-distance carriers. And so I learned all about the T1s and the hubs and where things went and, you know, traveled to the locations in the mom-and-pop little rural areas and negotiated those contracts. Um, so that we could keep the service right. going. And it was fascinating. I learned a lot. It was very much um, intra-corporate sensitive because it wasn't something that was being taught anywhere else. We were just kind of a unique entity going by our, the seat of our pants in, in um, you know, doing business in a new way, having had the whole thing before. We were now just a piece of it, the largest piece, but a piece of it. Got it. Okay, so that that kind of sets you on that road to know how to deal with people with a little bit of technical knowledge in the in the background more more than in the foreground, but it allowed mm -hmm. you to learn how to negotiate with people and show them how things were would benefit them and how to make the right choices. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was a you know a great introduction into the the world of sales. Then you went to real estate. What did you do later, and how did you get involved in financial services? So I um, have continued real estate. Um, I've been both a, um, a realtor, a mentor, a trainer, a coach, and um, an investor. And I decided that um, I moved from Virginia back to Tennessee where I kind of, I call it my growing up years for my high school years is where I lived. And most of my friends that I really connected with and bonded with and remained friends with were in this area. And so I came back to Tennessee and decided to get a Tennessee license. And I met this person who introduced me to a company called EXP Realty. It was something that was completely new to me, very foreign. The business model was operating in the cloud, um, getting rid of brick and mortar and that kind of thing. And so I took my husband with me. We looked at it. He said, wow, I think this is really, you know, innovative. I think it's the future of real estate. I think it's going to be like, you know, one of the Uber companies or something. And so I did immediately sign up with them. And along the way, at a convention, I met someone who happened to be with EXP as well as with CalChoice Financial. And I 
sat down and talked with this gentleman about land banking. And I had never heard of it before and neither had David. And we we really were intrigued. Being a realtor background, I was intrigued about real estate anyway and land in a rapidly growing area um, that was making the kinds of returns that we learned they were making. Uh, it was really fascinating. And so we kind of dove right into it. And literally the day we made an investment, um, we moved a little bit of 401 money into a self-directed IRA and made a small purchase into a parcel. Uh, David told me to go ahead and sign up so that I could start earning a commission by doing this kind of work. <laughs> so I, I jumped, I jumped in seat first, not knowing really anything. And, um, and when I came to the CalChoice convention, I then learned there was lots more to CalChoice than just the land banking. And so I decided I really want to be that full service a person that can help clients in multiple ways. And so I got my license and started learning from the best in the industry. And here I am now kind of marrying both businesses because they work so well together. That's very interesting. Uh, land banking, that's intriguing. I'm sure most people don't really know what that means. And land is one of those things where it, it, it eludes different emotions from people. You know, land has a reputation of, uh, sucking money out of people's accounts because you got to pay taxes every year, and and sometimes you can mm-hmm. wait 50 years before the land is worth anything. Uh, so people mm-hmm. often are afraid to buy land because they're worried that it's either a scam or they're just not going to mm-hmm. get a return on it for a long time. Of course, we also know the stories of people who bought property and two years later they became multimillionaires because they happened to buy the right piece of property. But you're mm-hmm. dealing with individuals. How, you know, how did you know that the land that this company was selling, this is Cal Choice, correct? Mm-hmm. How, how did you know that the land they were selling was in, indeed a, a, a good investment and would, would give people a return in a fairly reasonable amount of time? Right. Well, we learned that the person, um, the owner of Cal Choice, had a long-standing relationship in this particular area of the country with. Uh, government officials, um, just with people that were in the know uh, as to development and and uh, growth. And so not only did he bring a lot of really great detailed information to us, but we did our own research. And um, one of the things that really intrigued us was this area, um, I don't think we talked about it, the Antelope Valley uh, in California is the headquarters for aerospace. And my husband's been in aerospace for 35 years. And he was traveling to this area to meet with um, the military and with Northrop Grumman and uh, Skunk Works and different ones, Boeing, for many, many years when there was nothing but a Holiday Inn out there in desert. And um, <laughs> and when we, look, when we looked at it uh, about three years ago and saw what had happened and what was continuing to happen, and we learned things like uh, Warren Buffett uh, investing um, like $2.3 billion in the two largest solar farms on the planet. And my husband's a huge Buffett fan. We were like, oh, this is something we need to explore further. And so we, you know, we got the information from Andre. Um, there, was, there, there was an independent study that was done. And we looked at the numbers, and they kicked out the top 10%, the lowest 10%, and then they looked at the properties that had um, been purchased, sold, and purchased again. And their average rate of return over that 17-year period was 24%. And I know, 24%? You know, it, wow. Yeah, 24%. And, and in real estate, I mean, even the – I mean, that's, that's falling into 
you know, the golden goose or, you know, the, the goose that laid the golden egg. That's getting something that most people aren't aware of, most people don't have access to. And what I loved was that Andre was out there getting these properties, getting them at wholesale, offering them to the clients with an, uh, an equity proposition on day one, and passing on another way to diversify someone's portfolio and build their wealth and their legacy for their kids. And that was intriguing to me because um, we have kids between the two of us, four kids and a grandkid, and we just really thought this made sense. Hmm. Now, Andre, he's the he's the owner or the guy who started this? Andre, he is the owner, founder of CalChoice. He started CalChoice Investments doing the land banking side, and then because of his reputation in the industry being such – he's such a high-integrity person – um, other agents that were in the business approached him about working with him, and ultimately he set up an office and started the financial services side. I see. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the Antelope Valley. Uh, I think those is the city of, what is it, Palmdale out there, I believe? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, right? And Lancaster. And uh, it's a suburb of Los Angeles, right? It's about 45 minutes or something uh, yes. Um, yes. east of L.A.? Yes, so it's right. It's about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that's where they built the space shuttle. That is correct. That is correct. Okay. And okay. I don't know if you've heard this in the news, but it is strongly being considered for the uh, new SpaceX, the uh, new Space Command Center, um, which wow. is really wow. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. That sounds like a very quickly growing area. I know that's always best if you can buy real estate, you can buy it in in some kind of a path of growth, you always have a better mm-hmm. chance of getting getting a better investment result out of it. This sound, sounds mm-hmm. like it fits the bill. So, sorry, so you sold, you do land banking. That's land banking. People know that now. And you do mm-hmm. real estate. What else do you do? Well, I do um, tax-free planning. Uh, you know, my father was, uh, what was from that? the Ta- IRS. Tax-free planning? Okay. Tax-free planning. Mm-hmm. My dad worked for that? the IRS for... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, what is tax, tax-free what planning? Cons- yeah, what is that? Okay, so tax-free planning is showing people how to eliminate taxes in retirement, uh, if not totally, at least substantially reduce them. And it's it's um, there's a book out there that uh, I that I read, and I make my agents uh, when they come on board. My new agents have all read it. I'm actually on my tenth time reviewing this book. It's just fascinating. <laughs> Called The Power of Zero, written by David McKnight. Um, I give free copies out all the time to my clients and people. And, and as I started to mention, my dad worked for the IRS for 30 years, and I thought I knew a lot about taxes. I mean, he taught us how to prepare our taxes. He was doing taxes on the side for people. And he was very much an advocate of finding all the loopholes and saving people as much money as he could. So he loved that, strategizing. And he would be thrilled had he had the opportunity to read this book. But um, I thought I knew a lot. And then I read the book, and I was like, I knew nothing. And it was Hmm. so game-changing that my husband and I read it together again after my first read. And we sat down and said, we've been doing things completely wrong traditional thinking and the conditioning that the industry has perpetuated um, to make people believe certain things are the best for them has not been working the way they had hoped it would. At one time, uh, you know, things like qualified funds in 401ks and things of that nature 
were set up and, and a great thing. In fact, my dad was a huge um, encourager of the 401. And, you know, I did that. I started off at AT&T doing that. And then um, as years passed, that model started to fail because it was designed by Ted Bennett to be an enhancement in retirement to pensions. Well, you and I know pensions are pretty much obsolete. There's very few pensions left out there. And so relying on solely qualified funds that are going to be taxed on the day you take them out one day and not knowing what the tax rate will be on that day is kind of a huge gamble with the IRS. And um, so I'm teaching how to do some things differently to not be in that kind of a contract with the IRS. I see. That's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I was actually thinking of doing or starting up another podcast, uh, and I probably will do it sometime in the near future, a financial one, and have people like you on to give tips and tricks on how to uh, save money for retirement, how to save money on taxes and so forth. Um, and I want to be very careful not to turn this particular interview into an infomercial, <laughs> although I want people to know what you do. But, you know, this is really designed to give other women like yourself um, inspiration to go into business, start a business, or if they're in business, to take their business to the next level, give them some some advice and so forth. And you've done really well for yourself, uh, and you've obviously involved in several aspects of the business world. What advice would you give to your fellow women on you know, opportunities out there, especially somebody who's at a job they don't like and they don't know what they what the what to do and they want to start a new career, but you know they just don't have a lot of opportunities walking in front of their face. Do you mm-hmm. do you like the real estate business? Do you like the financial services business? I mean, what is it easy enough to get started, or is it really difficult? What would you kind of just advise them? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, both businesses are really relatively easy to get in into um you take the training and then of course pass your test um and then your license and you can go and you know hang your license with a broker and start working day one after that license is achieved um but what has been really important i think um i teach classes i haven't done one since covid but i teach classes on you've got your license what happens next um, there's a whole there's a whole gamut of of techniques and strategies and tools that are not shared in just the licensing part of that journey. And so um, I encourage people to read and to look to successful women. We're talking about women right now, uh, and you know make friends with them, invite them into your world, and have conversation and hear about how they've done what they've done because there's no sense in reinventing the wheel when you know that there's some fabulous role models that are out there doing amazing things, changing lives. And so I encourage people to look to, you know, someone that's successful and reach out and ask for that help. Don't be afraid to do that because most of the times they're so honored um, to be considered in, you know, a mentor role and, and to be asked for their help. Okay. That makes a lot of sense to me. Now, if if somebody did want to go into the financial services business, they wanted to jump in and try it, I know there's lots of different ways of doing it. There are quite a few companies out there, whether you work directly Mm -hmm. for an insurance carrier or a brokerage or some kind of agency. 
but they all have different philosophies and different levels of training. Some of them just throw you at, throw you to the wolves, right? Get your license, here you go. <laughs> Call all your friends and family and try to sell them something. Right. Um, right. Is Caltrans like that too, or do they actually give some kind of decent training to to the people? Well, Rob, the re- the reason that I'm with CalChoice is because it stands apart in almost every aspect of how financial services companies work. Our training is the most comprehensive I've ever seen. I have many friends um, that are in the business, and we have recently acquired some folks that were high up uh, with Edward Jones and Charles Schwab and a couple of bigger um, independents, and they've all told me, in fact, I did interviews with them, they've all told me that they never received anything like the CalChoice training and the individualized custom models that we do for different clients. No two clients are exactly the same, and that is the biggest issue that I have with other companies out there that treat it very much like a cookie-cutter approach, um, and they're very focused on selling one product. And what I love about our company is that we don't have a cap. We're not captive, and we can shop for the best products out there. We can do the research to find what's going to make the best, uh, you know, the most sense for the client, and then design it in a number of ways that gives the client an option from which to choose. And that that's just not done anywhere else. So, if for someone that's looking to get into the financial services industry. Uh, I would definitely look for a company like CalChoice that has this, you know, big focus on training the agents and making it duplicatable so that those agents can train agents um, and grow the industry in a, in a very positive direction um, from what we've experienced in years past. Makes sense to me. Now, since you're you're a recruiter as well as an agent and a planner and all these other all these other things that you do. You're pretty well diversified. Um, but let's talk about your expertise a minute about a recruiter. What what what's the personality profile of the people that you've recruited or that even that you know that tend to be more successful as financial advisors? And I'm sure there's a certain profile or an industry they come from or a personality trait, I suspect you could meet 10 people, talk to each one for 10 minutes, and at the end go, this one, this one, and this one will probably make it in this business, and these two, there's no chance. What's the profile that you look for for people that will be successful? Is it, um, for example, is it experience in the financial sector, or is it more of what their personality is like? I really hone in on the personality, um, experience, product knowledge, design can all be taught if you're willing to learn. But who you are as a core human being, having a sense of humor, being able to laugh at yourself, having some humility about yourself, um, and being really um, a servant-minded thinker. Uh, is, is what I look for. Um, I gravitate towards people that really like giving and um, because I love giving. There's so much more giving, pleasure in giving than receiving, and that's that's cliche, but it it's truth. It really is truth. And so um, I can tell usually in having a conversation with someone where their heart lies and um, whether they are a believer in themselves 
that's that's a big component. If you don't have the um, internal belief that you have gifts that you should be sharing, then I don't think this is something for you. Maybe another another avenue uh, of career choice would be better. But if you know that you have some gifts and you're willing to share them, then that's that's the person I'm looking for. So confidence is important. Mm-hmm. Confidence and integrity, both in mm-hmm. equal measures. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. One Doing the, the right the thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Doing the right thing. Okay. One of the things I've discovered in talking to business people, and I've, since I've been interviewing all these business women, uh, is that I'm trying to find differences between women in business and men in business. And it seems that, at least on the surface, I'm not sure below the surface, but on the surface, a lot of women are held back because they lack confidence. They're a little insecure for various reasons on various things. And they just, if they had a little more confidence, they would probably go a lot further because many of them are extremely talented, intelligent. Uh, They are more nurturing, so they really do want to do what's best for their clients or prospective clients. what would you say to somebody who is saying, oh, I don't know if I really have the confidence to do that? How how can they look under the hood, so to speak, and and find that confidence or say, you know, really, I guess I'm not cut out for this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think being a woman in business is sort of um, a double-edged sword um, because on one hand, uh, culturally, we're still at that place in this world where women are looked to as the caretaker. And at the same time, the woman who wants to have something beyond being the caretaker can be looked at differently. And it's difficult to balance, obviously, those two roles. But I think if you're doing caretaking, excuse me, if you're doing caretaking, your your role is a critical role, and if you if you look to how much you make a difference in that role, and then look at how you could potentially carry it over into a professional role, I think that you would find that you do have more confidence than you than you realize. But I would also definitely say, as a woman. Look to your girlfriends and let those people be your support um, because, you know, not that I'm, I'm not dissing any guys out there. I mean, my husband's a great supporter for me. But they view men, typically from my experience, view business differently than women do. And um, they approach it differently. And there's no one way that's right. I just think that um, the world is, is a place big enough to have both of those people in the business world and both of those people can make a difference and sometimes the harmony is that they come together and work together and that's really a wonderful thing. If you can find that, then you're gold. Oh, that's <laughs> a nice piece of uh, sage advice there. Uh, collaboration is often mm-hmm. the key to success for many, many businesses yeah. and if you can look at other people as not competition, but as partners, you tend to go a lot further, right? Yes, and balance each other. I mean, men and women yeah. have different strengths, and they and they work well together. 
Well, not only men and women even, that's true, they do work together, but even like in your case, if you're in, in an office with, with the other realtors or other financial uh, professionals, you could either be competing with each other or you could be helping each other. Mm-hmm. Do you find that mm-hmm. you get a lot further if you choose to have a, a, a what do you call that, a giving mentality rather than a competitive mm-hmm. mentality? That right? If you if you work with the people, they don't steal your business, but they're willing to to help you. And I bet you, you find that some of the biggest producers, the ones who make the most money in the office, not only have the most knowledge, but are the most willing to lend a hand and help you out. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. My dad said to me a long time ago, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. And when, you, when you're when you willing to help other people, you get so much further. I mean, it, it, I can't emphasize that enough. Okay. Well, that's uh, – <laughs> how much I could add to that? That makes perfect sense to me. I'm sure it makes perfect sense to – other people, I know that in your industry, in the financial industry anyway, they call they call that when you go out with another agent, experienced agent, you share the case, right? That's called joint work. And a lot of new agents are kind of shy about that. They go, I, I, I can't afford to give half of my commission away to the other person. I need to get it myself. But they don't realize that if they take somebody experienced with them, they'll probably wind up making more money. Their half will be a lot higher than the whole they would have gotten on their own. Do you find that to be often the case? That is totally the case. And the danger in going out on your own when you are not fully uh, equipped is that you can hurt the client. And for me, that that is the biggest um, fear that I had initially when getting into the business. So I didn't hesitate to reach out to people that were better than me. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Um, so what else can you tell my listeners about you, about what made you so successful? Or maybe I should ask you, how, how successful are you? Uh, I don't know what you're willing to share with the world, your your income or some other metric that shows how you're successful. I mean, how would you describe your level of success and how long did it take you to initially get there? Hmm. Nobody starts okay, off so, on day one with the money, right? <laughs> right. So, um, well, money, everybody loves money. Uh, <laughs> we need it to sure. live, and um, of course, and um, having having an abundance is a beautiful thing because you can do a lot with it. And so I've been really fortunate uh, throughout the 30-something years that I've been in a career to reach levels that were very comfortable and be able to contribute a lot to my church and put my kids through private school, Catholic school. And, um, you know, having found CalChoice and and still holding my real estate hat uh, in place, I've been able to do very well. I've built teams with both my companies. Um, Many of them are crossovers. I have realtors with the XP that are also with CalChoice. And um, I think because at this stage of the game, I'm 57 years old, and at this stage of the game, I wanted to prove to my husband, who's been in 35 years of aerospace, that I could match him. <laughs> and uh, so, so <laughs> uh, 
Um, you do a little bit of competitive blood in you. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, just because, you know, my father taught me, um, you know, always, always rely on how smart you are in life and use your heart, be the kind person that you are, and you will go far. And I'm married to a very successful person. Um, he's charming, and he's a little bit of a southern gentleman. Um, you know, um, what would I say about this? Uh, in the South, the men treat the women very much like a a queen, <laughs> and that's great. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing that at all because it's great to be pampered sometimes. But at the same time, um, they have a little bit, at least in my experience in my circle, um, a little bit of a um, you don't have to work mentality. And I, and, and I will say that David actually said that to me. Um, but I told him, you know, I really want to make a difference. Uh, I've done things in my career that have helped people, and I'm very, very happy that I can go out of this world knowing that, but I still have more to do, and I just need you to support me on that. And he said, okay, so here we are. And so um, I'm not quite at his level, but I'm on track. (laughs) (laughs) I have no doubt you'll get there. (laughs) Besides, women tend to be stronger than men, so he's going to start to slow down, and you're you're just getting going. He's he's loving what he's seeing. I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see why he would. I mean, uh, what's not what's not to like about you, right? You're a genuine, oh. giving person. You're smart. You're talented. You care about other people. You're ambitious. Uh, oh, you know, you're you, good for you my know ego. What to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious talking to you. You're a pleasure to talk with. Uh, I'm sure you you do in fact embody what I'm looking to present to the world. Some you know, a woman wow. who gives other women inspiration, because you are inspirational. Uh, and I'm really glad that I asked you to talk with me this morning. I think you've accomplished more than, than what I expected. And, and, and I appreciate that. And I think my listeners will appreciate that. Now, in closing, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, certainly they can contact me and I'll put them in touch with you. I'll put some information in the show notes, your email address and so forth. But tell people verbally here, you know, how do people get mm-hmm. in touch with you directly if they want to call you or you know, sure, your website, sure. or an email address? Give us a little right. I have, contact information. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Um, I have uh, a website that is under construction right now. I tore down the old one, and so I'm starting new. So I'm not going to give that out yet. Um, but my okay. number, I'm, ha- I'm happy to, to receive a text or a phone call. And my number is 571-271-3632. You can also email me. I got a couple emails. I'll give out the Cal Choice one. It's Val Clark, V-A-L-C-L-A-R-K, at Cal Choice Financial. That's C-A-L and the word financial, excuse me, Cal Choice and the word financial.com. And um, any any way of reaching me, either of those are fine. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Um, I love hearing from people. If you've got a question about anything that we said today, I'm happy to help with that. Um, or just uh, follow me on Facebook, um, Val Capital Clark at Facebook.com. Sounds like you'll be pretty easy to find. And, and if people forget all that, they can, like I said, just look in the show notes and they'll see your contact information or call me. Um, 
And if you do contact Valerie, you know, tell her that you heard about her on on the Amazing Women podcast, um, just to make me look good. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know, Rob, for sure. (laughs) And I just want to thank – I'm honored that you asked me to be on today, and I just want to thank you for uh, this conversation. It was really fun. Thanks for joining us today on the Amazing Women podcast. Subscribe now and get the latest episodes sent to your device every week. Go to our website, theamazingwomenpodcast.com, to hear bonus episodes, download free business tools, and join our family of amazing women. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.